You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. We were filming today. Filming madness has begun again. Well, this will be just for YouTube, but the Kona N is included. You probably saw on our social Mm -hmm. media accounts, we included the Hyundai Kona N, which actually kind of been interested to drive because we didn't get a chance to drive the Elantra N earlier this year, Mm -hmm. and we're hoping to still include that, but at least we've got the Kona N to drive, and we've also got, what else, coming out on YouTube, the new uh, piece from TV season. Yesterday, actually, we just released on the main channel the Executive EVs, that is Season 11, Episode 2, which is interesting that it came out this week because guess what's playing tomorrow in rerun on Motor Trend, Season 11, Episode 2, the (laughs) Executive EVs. That is a discussion about the Audi e-tron versus the Mercedes EQS talking about dedicated electric chassis from those manufacturers. If you haven't seen that, we'd love for you to watch it. Leave a comment, share it with a friend, etc. We also dropped our latest thing on the Test Drive channel. That is Test Drive Videos on YouTube. We dropped the uh, Civic Touring. We'd driven the, the SI. This is a touring piece. So that's happened as well. There is so much great stuff coming. We're releasing all the TV stuff. If you want to see the TV stuff somewhere other than YouTube, it is now available on Amazon Prime. All the seasons are there. As is, uh, It's also available on Vimeo. You can go to our website, everydaydriver.com. You can chase the links right there on the homepage, either Amazon Prime if you're US or UK or Vimeo elsewhere. And yes, they will eventually all be on YouTube, but we're going to space that out with, guess what? GR86 stuff, uh, Cars of the Past stuff. There's stuff. (laughs) Guys, we're going to jump right into a couple of debates. First of all, from Vincent S. from Long Island, New York. Vinny writes to us, and he doesn't know where to go from here because he can't decide what car to look for as his next fun weekend car. And the headline of his email is, when you don't enjoy your dri- driving your cars anymore, what do you do? That's hard. That's rough. Vinny, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, he's been listening to the show since 2020, but he's been a subscriber to the YouTube channel for a long time, and he never thought he would write to us, but here he is. He's truly stuck. Hopefully we can help Vinny. Yeah, for sure. Vinny has been into cars since around the time he started driving. His first car was a 98 Toyota Camry. And soon after, his father bought a third car, a 1989 Mustang GT5 Speed, which he let him drive. He's been hooked since then, even if that car was an unreliable nightmare. (laughs) Okay. All right. Good to know. Uh But since then, he's pretty much only owned Fords and Subarus with a few beaters thrown in to save for whatever nicer vehicle he had at the time. Let's see. One, two, three, uh, three, four Mustangs. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see, Toyota, uh, yeah. Subaru, Subarus, four Subaru, two Crosstrex, and two, well, a WRX and an Impreza. Yep. Almost yep. the same thing. Yes, pretty much. Wow. You've also had some motorcycles, Kawasaki Ninjas, all three of them, 250 and a 650R. Wow, some hot bikes in there. In the list of these cars, Ooh. he also has a Mitsubishi Galant. He did have, of course, that Camry that he mentioned. There is an Elantra. There was a brief sideways glance at a Volkswagen GTI. It lasted six months. He thought he could combine the fun of a Subaru hatch with 
the beater of his Elantra that he commuted in. He thought he could combine both in a Volkswagen GTI, and he decided, nope, this car is not for me. That did not end well. Another thing that didn't end well, unfortunately, was when he bought a buddy's 2014 used Scion FRS manual. And you don't tell us something that I think is a big missing thing here, because what you do tell us is you bought it, it was short-lived, it's blew its engine seven months into your ownership while you are cruising down the highway, and you realized that you couldn't buy another engine because compared with all you already had into the car, it would have been doubling your money. So what I'm hearing in there, because you wanted it for autocross, is I think you did a bunch of stuff to it after you got it. Then it blew the engine, and you were like, it's just too much. So you walked away from that, think so? sadly, after seven months. Think I think it? so. I think, maybe he didn't mod the engine, but he, when he makes the comment when he says, I decided to cut my losses because if he would have bought an engine, he would have doubled the money. Well, you didn't buy the car for five or six grand, so I'm thinking right. you put stuff into it. But you didn't say that. Mm, maybe. You loved the car until it you know, blew its engine. Well, he also had an 03 Mustang Mach 1 manual that blew its engine at 22,000 miles. Wow. He fixed that, sold it 45,000 miles with a check engine light and odd engine sounds. <laughs> How did you sell that with odd engine sounds? Nobody likes odd engine sounds. Mm-hmm. That's no good. Well, he's been through the ringer here. Vinny has put his time in and ooh, a lot of money and, and blood, sweat, and tears into keeping these cars running. But he says... He never should have should have sold the WRX hatch that he bought. Mm. He said, aside from the crappy interior, it was his favorite car he ever owned. Fun, great handling, and very quick. Well, then he sold uh, that. That was when he merged with with to that get and the Elantra to get the GTI. Elantra, wow. Yeah. Well, he got his first house, he says, and then he <laughs> bought a GTI. I think there's a lot of car buying and selling in here. Wow. But he says he hated everything about the GTI, no steering field, little to no personality. Those are fighting words for the Volkswagen community. (laughs) Don't send us angry emails. (laughs) Send them to Vinny. Yes. Well, that brings us up to today where he's got a 2016 Subaru Crosstrek, which is the daily. He says it's a great car overall, but the transmission is slow to respond. And in a car that can't get out of its own way at full throttle, it's borderline dangerous. The early ones, before they did the sport, we were talked about they giving it more power. We were always shocked at how little power that thing had. Even though it was usable, yeah. it was, and Vinny feels even worse about it. Okay. Well, Vinny says this car cannot be sold since it's the known quantity that's mm. been in the family since new. His okay. wife leased it, and he bought it out when they got her the 2019 Crosstrek. So they have two Crosstreks, a 2016 and a 2019. Mm-hmm. Now, he knows he can count on it to be reliable. But this car, the 2016 Crosstrek, is titled to his wife, and she'd never agree to sell it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, all right. He says it's probably the perfect size car inside and out, plus the decent gas mileage helps. He drives 450 to 500 miles a week Mm. commuting to work. Wow. He doesn't have the luxury of not going to work in bad weather, so all-wheel drive is great. Which leads leads me, him, to his second car, 04 Mustang GT convertible in manual that he inherited from his dad after he passed away earlier this year. Oh, man. Vinny, we're very sorry to hear about your loss. And, yeah, keeping a car around like that, that there's a lot of memories tied up with that car. Mm-hmm. He says the car is in great shape, but he figured he'd only keep it as a weekend car and as a way to remember his dad. But memories are better than possessions. Isn't that interesting that that's his conclusion? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. enjoy driving the car. He says the clutch is heavy. The gearbox seems to fight you. And he says he's not a fan of convertibles. Mm. Interesting. He figures he'll give the Mustang a chance for now, considering the car market is still crazy, 
but he might sell it for a different weekend or fun car. He thinks he will end up selling it. Yeah, I think that's interesting that, that you inherited this car and it does connect you with your dad, but you are in the next breath very willing to let it go. Mm-hmm. But you understand your relationship with your dad and your memories there are more important than this car. And I also think it's interesting that it's not a car that you connect with. So you're willing to let it go. There's a there, man. There's a lot going on there. Okay. Well, he assumes that it's worth about thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. So that means his budget for shopping for a new car will be around twenty thousand dollars max. Mm-hmm. And Vinny says, while his wife is not the MOF in the house, she does not approve of his car obsessions. <laughs> so as much as he'd want a manual, he'd also consider an automatic to try and win her over. Mm, she is now listening, so uh, I don't know if she's prepared to be won over or not, but yeah. Okay. Vinny, I have the perfect car for you. Oh, good. I'm so I, glad. I have the car. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm only suggesting one. Oh, good for you. I've the got a few, but good car. for you. All right, great. Vinny says it must be somewhat fast. It must handle well, even though there aren't good many good roads where he lives. Must be a coupe or a wagon, since he really doesn't like any other body styles. No Fords, no Subarus. He's had <laughs> enough of both. Okay. He says... Yeah. No GR86. It's probably is. He, he's just had the bad experience with the FRS. And it has its relationship with a flat boxer engine to Subaru. So mm-hmm. he doesn't want in that world at all. I see it. He's also not a fan of anything Nissan. And he's on the fence about GM because build quality. Hmm. Fascinated that GM still carries that kind of perception in the market. I, this is a side note, but their yeah. pickup trucks seem pretty well built. He's taken things off the board like crazy. And you yeah. know what I have always noticed? And this is just totally just me. But I was raised in a GM household. Yeah, you were. And what's interesting is I have a tendency to just think GMs will run, even though if I look back over my life experience as a kid living in in my parents' roof, it's like, our cars weren't reliable. And the GMs my parents own now, because they only own GM products, aren't that reliable either. Really? I mean, they're okay. But, but, but Many cars but are okay, though. But it's, that's the thing. My, my parents have this perception like GM has stellar reliability, which in my life experience and life experience of others isn't really the case. Some cars are better than others. Some are really solid. Now, For generally, sure. they're cheap to fix. But as far as yeah. like this just runs in spite of itself, some cars do. My dad was spoiled by Caprices. But he has this general GM is must be best perception. And I'm just kind of like, we, there's a lot of car makers out there, but Vinny is not okay with GM. Vinny, I've got the perfect car. Good. I can't wait to tell you. However, before I do, I want to dive into this 2016 Subaru Crosstrek that is your daily. You said it's not going away because it was your wife's. Yeah. But your wife doesn't drive it anymore because you replaced it with a newer car of the same thing. Also a Crosstrek, yes. You said in your email, it's so slow that it's borderline dangerous. Mm, But it's staying. Now, I'm not trying to introduce (laughs) marital counseling, nor am I trying to get in between the two of you. Mm. She doesn't want to sell the car, but she doesn't have to drive it. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going. There, I'll, there are, I'll just stop there. there no need to go further. Floating with an ellipse now. Yes. There's things that need mm-hmm. to be discussed. Yes. Because I do see you selling that 2016 Crosstrek. Okay. It doesn't seem like you're thrilled to drive it. Yeah. Yeah. And if we get you a new car, let's say you sell your dad's Mustang, mm-hmm. you'll still have the 2016 Crosstrek sitting there undriven. Because guess what? You're going to want to drive the new car. Good point. If, if we get him in something that, that is, replaces the Mustang, you're right. The, the Crosstrek is even less important. You don't want to sell it. I know it has special memories because the two of you guys and family yeah, and yeah, yeah. road trips and all that stuff. So I, I know it has memories. But as cars go, it's not a special car. True. True. It's not a car that's going to increase in value, yeah. this crazy car market aside, but it's not some special kind of thing. You even have the car that theoretically is the special car because of your dad yeah, and the yeah. memories attached to that. And the fact that, well, it's a Mustang and should hold their value, right? Well, mm. it's not the most 
desirable version of the Mustang ever. Mm-hmm. So you'll have the Crosstrek that will sit that isn't a desirable car. Yeah. And you're paying either insurance on it mm-hmm. or you're not and it's sitting and it's just taking up space. Great points. And if you if it sits and it sits long enough and you need to get it running again, well, guess what? You're going to have to put money into it to get it running again. It does seem like the extra car in this equation in a big, big way. I agree with you. Whether this is popular or not Uh-oh. in your family, okay. I am suggesting selling both cars. The Mustang and the older Crosstrek. Yes, which Got gives it. us enough budget to buy the car that okay. I want for you. Good. What is it? But it's sensible. It's a Mazda 3 Turbo. It's that is automatic. Good. It will yes. win your wife over. Mm-hmm. It's super fun to drive. It, it does have all-wheel drive. It's in that wagony, cool shape, the, yeah. the hatchback. Mm-hmm. They're thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars, yeah. somewhere in there, depending yeah. on new, used, age, mileage, yeah. all that yeah, yeah. stuff. Automatic. She will love driving. She might keep the car, and then you'll suddenly be driving a twenty nineteen Crosstrek and writing back to us and like, guys, I need another car. Well, the Crosstrek it's that good. I agree. The, that that's fantastic, by the way. And I think you probably beat all of my choices. But I will say this: the Crosstrek. The other reason it's sticking around is as a supposed commute gas sipper. But the Mazda 3 Turbo, just looking it up right now, the Mazda 3 Turbo gets up to 32 on the highway. 32 on the highway. It's got a I, lot I, of power. Hello. It's great to drive. Yeah. Yeah. And let's say you get this and you still somehow you increase your budget and you keep the Crosstrek. Yeah. Or you get something fun. You're really not going to want to drive the Crosstrek because it has no power and you <laughs> called it dangerous. Yeah, I don't point. want you to be in a dangerous car. I think your wife doesn't want you to be in a dangerous car. She's unwilling to drive it because she has hers. Hmm. So I don't see it sticking around. None of that picture makes sense to me. I'm missing some information or just at face value. I just think both cars need to be sold, especially the Mustang. And you're right. The memories are there. You probably got photos with you and your dad of the car. Make a cool thing. Take the license plates off and make a shadow box and a cool piece of art and a really nice printed photograph and have a framer in town frame you up something that's a memory to your dad. Mm, That's good. And you've got that there, but then you're not not driving it. It's also a car that probably sits because you don't like driving it. True. True. I know I'm beating on these things and it Mm -hmm. seems like I'm being harsh, but I do want the best for you and your family. And if you're not driving two cars and you want us to add now a fourth car... That's a very good point. Keep the Mustang because hey guys, of sentimental. I have Keep three. Keep the Crosstrek because your wife won't let you sell it. She's got hers There's and you're wanting gallon. a fourth car. Yeah. That means you each have your cars and you're not driving two of them. That's a very good point. If they're two really amazing special cars, some vintage, sure, cool sure. Corvette, Mustang, whatever. Yeah. It's right. But you're not. Interesting. They're not interesting enough to keep yeah. around. And the fact that you wrote to us and you mentioned them mm. means you've already given thought to selling both. Yeah, that's, a, that's great. That's really good stuff, Paul. That way you will have the budget for a Mazda 3 Turbo for 30 grand, 32, 33, and you will be so happy. It's so much fun to drive. It's mm. so fast mm. and all-wheel drive, and it just runs. You will have none of these experiences. <laughs> I say that now, but uh, really, yeah, it's, it's it. a Mazda. We love Mazdas. We love that. You could even get the CX-30 if you don't want the Mazda 3. It's a little sure. bit lifted. It's sort of yeah. like Mazda does the Crosstrek thing. Yeah, that's, that's true. It might be yeah. more widely accepted in your family. Yeah. Same engine, mm-hmm. same drivetrain. It's just lifted. Fender flares, a little off-roady. It does look like... It's the middle ground. Yeah, it is. You could sure. do CX-30 if you, if you wanted to. That's a valid choice, too. But those that's two, very good. that's where I'm landing. Uh, I, Vinny, I think... I'm just going to say right at, right at front, I think Paul did better than me here, but I'm going to mention a couple things. First off, you talk about how you expect to sell the Mustang, and then you acknowledge the crazy market, and then you say you're going to sell the Mustang later. 
Sell the Mustang now. That's a good point. I just sell the sell what are we the Mustang for? Right. because it, the market for that car is not going to improve. Whatever it's doing right now is probably the best oh. that car will ever do. The Celine look to it may actually help you with budget, but but this is your time to get out of it right now. It won't be better later. I agree. So it is the Mustang can go. I, I, I left the Crosstrek alone, even though I think Paul did a much better job of selling both. The, I think that is the solve. However, if the Let's Crosstrek keep the dangerous stays, car yeah, if they, and not yeah. drive it. If the bad Crosstrek stays, what? we're looking at fun under twenty grand, coupe or hatch. I have two for you. First off, get yourself a Veloster in. Those are fun. They're only available used now. They're on their way out. But you can get it with the DCT. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'd love for you to have the manual. But I think if you get it with the DCT, I think your wife will drive it and might start to get it mm-hmm. and that is a hair on fire car when you want to be that guy it is very very fun agree we have the dct in this kona n right now it's the same drivetrain it's the exact same drivetrain the dct is excellent so you could do a velocity into the dct but then there's that part of me that just goes wait a minute if you're really keeping a cross track and that's really your commuter shouldn't you just get something pure fun mm-hmm. and then i go to boxster now you said you don't oh, like convertibles. Yes, to you that. don't like convertibles. I'm wondering, do you not like convertibles across the board? Because I was that guy until I drove a convertible I really enjoyed, a la my Z4. Or the fact that I hardly ever have the top on my my Lotus all summer, and I don't think of myself as a convertible guy. You have it off a few times and cruised I, around. Exactly. I think that what you haven't had yet is a convertible that you like. Ah. I'm wondering. Ah. So I say Boxster. If Boxster, if if... A convertible is really out. And also, your wife might like you having a convertible. I'm just saying, maybe. But if the convertible really is <laughs> yeah. out, and I do understand that, then you can also get a Cayman for this kind of money. You could. This is if the Crosstrek stays, though I do think you have solved Vinny's problem with a Mazda 3 Turbo. I just want you to have cars that you guys drive. Yes, absolutely. Haggerty is always announcing exciting new things that they're doing, and this one is no exception. Brand new this year. Marketplace is your Haggerty hub for buying and selling cool cars. With their reimagined Classifieds experience, buyers can now shop for vehicles that are on sale from Haggerty Drivers Club members, and the sellers get access to millions of car lovers. This is a marketplace. There's all kinds of cars on there, so no matter what you're into, you can find something you love. And with Classifieds, there's no buyer's feeds, regardless of vehicle price. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, you should head over to Haggerty Marketplace and take a look around. We think you'll love it. Car debate number two comes to us from Carlos M. in Florida, who was about to do the unthinkable, and that is downgrade. No, wait, what? Huh? Sorry? Not downgrades. Not on Your this entire podcast. car What's existence from the time you're 16 all the way till you die is an upgrade. <laughs> you're supposed to go up. Am I man. wrong? <laughs> you're always more expensive, better, faster, more, 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 more. Well, this is one of the great points you brought up when we first brought our 86 home. You talked about it in our original We Bought an 86 piece. You talked about you don't have to go up. Don't have and to. And sometimes you could go down, and you were talking about it, came in, uh, in related to the 86. You were saying mm-hmm. it is possible to go down and maybe wind up less expensive, more fun. Possibly. Not a guarantee, because you can certainly do it wrong. Mm-hmm. But we do all have this impression that, well, if this car was more expensive than the last one, it must be better. And that, that actually isn't always the case. Carlos says he's a long-time listener. Thank you, Carlos. Really appreciate it. Yeah, He's sure. never had his car debate answered until now. <laughs> he says his previous debates, he's used the advice for others to help him. But he's got this conundrum because he owns his dream car, a 2017 Shelby GT350 mm. that he sent a photo of, yep. gorgeous photo, yep. black on Great. black, looks beautiful. 
monster of a car, very mm-hmm. fast, very fun. While Carlos loves this car, he pays a hefty monthly payment, and he doesn't think that it justifies how much he drives it. Carlos and his wife have good jobs, but they're not rich to have a $50,000 toy in the garage. Mm. Every time he drives it, though, he can't fathom selling it. Mm. But he's 90% leaning towards selling it right now. Wow. This is hard. This is really hard. This is hard. Well, they just made the move to a bigger home in Central Florida, Tampa area, so the extra money saved would help with savings or a potential cheaper toy down the road. Definitely get it. He works from home, so he doesn't really daily the 350 unless he feels adventurous. He does visit customers at times, but his company pays for rentals, so he doesn't need to take the Shelby. Mm. And the family car is his wife's 2020 Yukon, and she also works from home, so that's generally what he uses to do everyday errands and drive kids to school. So the 350 is very much just a, a special occasion car. It is. That's all it's yeah. there for. Yeah. Well, Carlos says if he gets rid of the Shelby, he'll drop the payment, and then he'll be looking at a $30,000 or so car that he can daily and not feel precious like he does with the 350. That's even harder. Now, when you have that precious special car, and then you start... Double thinking. Wait a minute. Should mm-hmm. I drive it right now? Because I'm doing the thing that might get the dirty, and the, that, that's, that's bad news. Carlos sends his car history. Mm-hmm. Let's see. One, two, three. Three Mustangs. Mm-hmm. A Camaro, a Challenger. Uh, oh, you had an 04 Civic Si and a two Civic Type Rs. Wow. Yep. And a Charger Scat Pack and the aforementioned GT350. You had some fast cars. In well, there. and he even says, and a whole bunch of Hondas before his list. Wait. Oh, he had a 97 Integra? Uh-huh. He's been Honda. Oh, and a 2013 Pilot? He's had a lot of Hondas. Wow. Tons, yes. Mm-hmm. He's almost sponsored. Almost sponsored <laughs> by Honda. Well, Carlos was thinking of downgrading to a 2017 to 2022 Mustang GT, as he likes Mustangs as a muscle car, but it would, hit, it would be his fourth Mustang of this S550 generation. Mm. So he's wanting to know, is there anything else out there in the price range that he could own? He's interested in a Type R again, but now it's over budget, and he doesn't want to spend that budget. It's the whole point of the email. Mm -hmm. He thought about the Civic Si or the Accord Sport, but he says they don't have that wow factor for him. I can see it. And that is an important sentence I'm going to come back to. Good. He's not sure if he should try something German, like an old (laughs) 911, an old Cayman, Mm -hmm. or an old Macan. Yeah. He mentions the 335, 340i, or the 435i, 440i, Audi A5, A4, GLA45. He's got a list. Yes. It's long of things he's considering. And to be honest, Carlos, this is the greatest hits list. Cars we've talked about for years that are always great. Even if they're older now, they're still good. They're hopefully less money, hopefully, but still. We go back to all of these all the time. Stingers and Genesis G70s and Julia's and C6 Corvettes. All of these are valid but in the middle, he does say, you know, after we bought ours and talked about our GR86, and he realizes we're big guys, should he consider a GR86? He says, look, I'm six feet 250. I might actually fit in this car. You would actually fit in this car, believe it or not. Yes, Carlos, yes. I'm not sure it's the answer, but I think it's interesting that that, that, that feels like the oddball on his list. It is. And I think that's kind of funny. It is, but his minister of finance thinks he should sell the Shelby and get a fun car he can daily but wants him to make this decision quickly because he's getting on her nerves with all the car talk. That's funny. Okay. Right now, people continue to email us and say, hey, I want a GR86, but I can't find one soon. Yeah, that, that is a problem. Dealers are saying, sure, yes, we can get you one. Yep. It's not going to be in the next three to six months, maybe even a year. It depends, yeah. 
So that's not going to happen soon. And I don't think that'll solve the problem. If I land on GR86 and I says, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, I say, yes, Mm -hmm. that'll solve your problem. That isn't going to solve your problem for probably a year, Carlos. True. So maybe wait till they're used. Maybe get one new down the road a few years from now. Maybe if they do a third generation with more power, more stuff or whatever, maybe. And I was thinking, okay, super is not on here, but it's kind of in the same category of something flashy. Yeah. And something that's pretty hot and you're not going to drive it that much. And here's a big car payment with it. But I want to come back up to that sentence, that wow factor for you, because if we get you into something with a wow factor, it's going to have a wow factor for other people too. They're still going to have that perception. Mm. It's like the story I've told before when my dad owned an airplane and he was in the aviation insurance business, both in Colorado and Alaska. Mm -hmm. If he's flying into a small airport in his airplane that cost $100,000, he's one of the boys. <laughs> but if he drives up in his Volvo S80, which is not a flashy car, yeah. ooh, I'm paying my insurance guy too much. Look at that flashy Volvo that he's driving. Isn't that weird? But these guys have $300,000 crop dusters. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. they have to. That's their business. That's mm-hmm. their yeah, yeah. livelihood. But still, they have an expensive airplane, but he's not part of the group Mm -hmm. because he didn't fly into the airport to visit and call on them in an airplane. So bizarre. But but it happens, I guess. It happens. So this is, I I looked at this. It's not quite exactly like that, but I definitely understand. If you were to show up in the Shelby, Carlos, people say, whatever your business is, you don't tell us. doesn't matter. I'm like, wow. uh, Mm. You know, look at you with your (laughs) Shelby GT350 (laughs) and the loud noises. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Yeah, sure. You know, and, and it, it is a perception. I definitely get that. And you're probably defaulting to asking your company, hey, could you just rent me a Jetta or a Camry or something? And nobody says a word. They probably don't even notice. But if you blip the throttle once in that car, like, whoa, Carlos is here. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear him. I heard him six blocks away. Did anybody know Carlos was coming? Because he's here. Yeah. I understand you also want to drop your car payment. But I want to just ask you a question real quick. If you were paying the same amount for a car that wasn't as flashy, would you drive it more? Could you justify the same amount per month, but it doesn't quite get you all the attention, but it's still really fun to drive, and it's still a really great car, and you still really want to drive it at any time? Like, are we out of milk again? <laughs> I <laughs> There's you, like, dumping the milk out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're getting things on the list on purpose. We, I'm just going to ignore that when I get home and go, I got to go back and get are we, that. Are we out of ice? We have an ice maker. Uh, well, we're, we're out of ice. We don't have enough ice. We need more ice. I should go get more ice at the store. I'll be back. I'm going to take the cool, fun car. I'm wondering if you had something really fun that was stealth and not so shouty for the same amount per month. Interesting. You might think, eh, I think I can keep that around. The answer might be no. But if I suggest some sort of boring-looking sedan like a TLX Type S that's actually really fun to drive, but it doesn't look like it. Sure, sure. doesn't look like it. All of these cars, Julia, G- Genesis G70. By the way, all of those are touching $50,000. They're not thirty grand. you are going to have to yeah. go used yeah. to get into those. Agreed. And I definitely Agreed. suggest I wondered you, that as you well, have yeah. such a list of things to drive. I say yes to all of those. You need to take some time, and it needs to be soon because I think your wife is getting tired of things. But it doesn't just – once you get a new car, <laughs> it doesn't stop. This is very true. It doesn't just end. It doesn't – Okay, we've solved the problem. We bought the couch. We no longer ever need to buy a couch <laughs> forever and ever. We'd never need to buy another couch. No, it actually kind of keeps going with cars. I hate to say it. <laughs> it absolutely does. So go drive. Definitely. I, I think 
you're so open to rear wheel drive, front wheel drive, mm-hmm. a big sedan, a, a fun sports car like a C6 Corvette, an all wheel drive snorty WRX. These are all very different. Yeah. And your yeah. needs are so few mm-hmm. that you could get anything and you're in Florida. So you don't need an all wheel drive car. Take all those off your list. Mm, don't get good. all wheel drive anything. Yeah. You're yeah, in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Put the right tires on it and drive it year round. You'll be great. I want to suggest all of these. I want to suggest things like the TLX Type S and, and mm-hmm. sedans that seem like they won't get another glance. Unless you're an enthusiast and be like, oh, you got the Type S, you did you? One of those, yeah. Did you get a raise? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. To everybody else, it's total stealth, completely. But yeah, you could, go, you could back up, Carlos. You could go after the Elantra N. They're not that much. They're over 30, but they're not 50. Yeah, yeah. And they're loads of fun. We haven't driven the Elantra N yet, but we've been beaten on the Kona N. And yep. The N letter designation on Hyundai products does kind of mean fun. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes, it does. You're right. And so we can't wait till we drive that Elantra N. But what about something cheap enthusiast like that? And I say cheap, relatively speaking, but you know what I mean. It's not some hot you know, Porsche German. Mm-hmm. Because let's scroll back up. If you go after, you taste the, the old Germans. You're going to be yeah. dumping money into those. Yeah, yeah. And your wife isn't going to like that because nope. you bought what? You had to go service what? They require what? They don't run like Toyotas? Well, not really. <laughs> they require different care and feeding. <laughs> I'd love to suggest a 2 Series. I'd love to say, go get an M2. I wondered about that, too. I think the M2 would be interesting, because you, but you'd, you'd save a bit of money, but not a ton. And then, yeah, that's a fun, fast German car, and you might have an excuse, but... To some people, it's like, whoa, driving a Beamer, are we? Yeah, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, get, if you get over the BMW hurdle, if that's not something that seems exotic to you or luxury to you, then the M2 is stealth. Mm-hmm. If BMWs are Camrys, which if you're in Los Angeles, they are BM, BMWs are Camrys, then the M2 goes unnoticed unless it's an enthusiast. But if you're, yeah. if you're in parts of the country where BMW makes people go, oh, really? Then, yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, enthusiasts. Fender flares that large make enthusiasts whip their head around. Like, what is it? Mm, Everybody else is sort of like, eh, it's a blue two-door. <laughs> What's the difference between a coupe and city? I don't even know. It's a car. Blue car. Moving on. <laughs> oh, it says BMW. Okay, I've heard of BMWs. I'd love to say BMW M2. I really would. I think that could be a great in-between. I was thinking mm-hmm. 2 Series, 240. You don't have that on your list. Yeah. But then again, it's, it's perception. You can get the cheapest Porsche imaginable. Mm-hmm. Let's say a 924. Old, janky, beat-up 924. Oh, ho Porsche owner, are we? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, no. it's not what you think. Well, the $15,000 know I mean? Boxster, nobody thinks it's a $15,000 Boxster. Right. They just see Porsche. Oh, that, oh you're spending, you spent forty grand on a, on a right. convertible. No, I didn't. Right. That, not that's, at all. Carlos, you have run into the foundation of everyday driver. And it had to do when uh, I had my first 928. Mm, mm. I was at a gas station, and some guy, I think you were there. You were in another car, and you had just rolled out, and some guy just couldn't believe his eyes and he said is this restored oh my gosh look at this thing and i said well yeah i paid 19 for it mm. he said i what you paid what for it i paid like 30 for my camry i was like welcome to the show man yeah it's all perception <laughs> you're absolutely right i paid right. 20 grand less than you paid and i looks i still look like eighty thousand dollars yeah 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 it's not i mean it is because of the care and feeding but you know what i mean <laughs> it's all that perception that's yeah, the yeah. the thing that you're up against so i want you to have something fun to drive that nobody knows about mm. and all of these suggestions yes they're great he's got a lot of good ones but stay away from the germans for now because i don't think it matches the perception you want to get away from okay 
Very good. Very good. I've got a couple things for you, Carlos. Uh, you said $30,000 fun car, not precious. Yeah, this is where the 86 and BRZ fall. This is what they're for, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But I, you're a Mustang guy. So I think you're going to want more power, <laughs> and you're going to want a different attitude than the 86 or BRZ bring. I also have to say this to you. Do not, Carlos, my friend, lean in. Do not buy another Mustang. Yeah, don't buy another Mustang. Because the other thing about it is you've got the pinnacle one right now. You've got the one that is the most interesting with the best engine. It is the, it is the Mustang that's like this. People that don't like Mustangs like that Mustang. If you step yes. down from that, all it's going to remind you is the fact that you used to have the better one. And when you tell that story, people are like, they'll say, wait, you went down from the one that everybody wants well and the one that he loved too it's like well you know i sold the one i loved and i bought the lesser mustang i think that that's like a a perpetual wound i think you're gonna be there true and and, and not to say that there's anything wrong with the mustang gt right now it's a very good car it's a fun car to drive but you've had the upper one you're gonna step backwards and i think it's just gonna remind you you don't have the better one anymore it'd be like if i sold my twin turbo 300 zx right now and went back to a naturally aspirated car Automatic, which is a great car, right? But I'd be like, oh, that's right. This isn't I the turbo. Just had all, it all what the time. All the time, I'd be yeah. aware that it's not the turbo. So don't Look, do that. Financial resets are completely okay. Absolutely. You want to hit the reset button? You want to just back out of yeah, know, all the costs sure. in your life? That is absolutely a valid reason. There isn't anybody on the planet that would be like, no, keep spending more than you have. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> credit says that's cards good. are the only ones. Otherwise, so, yes, but. Uh-huh. Nobody will will goon you for that. You're right. You're right. Everybody yeah. say like, "Great, yeah, decision." I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I've had to do that once or twice in my own life. Yeah, yeah. Sure, definitely understand. I get it. You'll get some fun car in the future. No problem. I have two on your list that I want to review though for you, and that is if this is really like your your grown up car, but you need it to be fun. Mm-hmm. I, I get the sense because you you hit on it already, Paul. That the the three fifty is a bit flashy too. It's I very do think flashy. You drive a bit under the radar in a Genesis G70 or a Julia. Now I'm not talking the Quadrifolio. I'm talking get yourself a used Alpha Julia, a few years old, or a used Genesis G70. Mm-hmm. Most people, if they notice, and they might not, they probably won't, don't know what it is. It's not like, oh my gosh, you bought a Genesis. Nobody says that. Oh my gosh, an Alfa Romeo. They, they did when gonna... he bought the 350. Exactly. It's like Las Vegas built a car. It's like the the committee in Las Vegas decided, how do we build a car? What's the car that is <laughs> the most Las Vegasy, shouty, crazy, yes. flashy? <laughs> that car announces itself. Oh my an Alfa Julia and a Genesis G70, most people, if they aren't car people, probably won't even know what they are. So you kind of duck the perception right there and yet they're very good cars that are good looking and good to drive so i think those are top of your list for sedans if you are hanging on to muscle car i think you find yourself the best corvette you can because you aren't a corvette guy you've never been a corvette guy i don't think you're going to be as precious with us as you are with your mustang you can buy a grand sport like a c6 grand sport Mm -hmm. and i think now, it, it has a, a flashy demeanor, but it doesn't bark quite as much as the GT350 does. And because you've stepped out of that lane of, I bought a Pinnacle Mustang, I think, I don't know for sure, I think you might be less precious. I think mm-hmm. you might think, I could just drive the Corvette, couldn't I? Because it doesn't come with this this baggage of all the Mustangs I've, I've had and how much I love Mustangs. True. and I had the perfect Mustang, and you stepped out of that lane completely and bought a Corvette. Fresh start. You get yeah. all the muscle car stuff out of it, 
But then you can drive. Plus, we've always made the joke. Plenty of people drive Corvettes very slowly. So you can drive the Corvette however you want. Sure. We'd, we'd like for you to drive it well, Carlos, but, but you can drive it everywhere. That's, that's a bit of an oddball because I think mm. I, I think the 86 would disappoint you because it's not muscle car enough. Oh, it's not muscle car at all. But the, exactly, yeah. for his taste. Whereas I think the Vet would have muscle car feel but be different enough and fun. Corvettes up to the C7 generation, Carlos, I feel like are a financial downgrade but a visual upgrade that's a good way to put it i like that because you've got both in that gt350 yeah for sure whoa that's quite a car you got there but you could pay less for a corvette nobody knows about it nobody knows you paid less because it looks like you upgraded but it doesn't have a porsche perception on top of Mm -hmm. it though which is interesting it's got an everyman perception still which is good yeah i like that agreed at some point you're going to want to change things on your car and instead of just thinking about go fast parts what about Stop fast parts. Brakes are an essential part of your vehicle's maintenance, but why not just upgrade? You can improve your vehicle into a stopping powerhouse with the Power Stop Brake Upgrade Kit. It includes carbon ceramic brake pads, drilled and slotted rotors, and all the stainless steel hardware you need to complete your upgrade. It's all the little fiddly parts that I always lose. They're included too. Power Stop is on a mission to provide complete and affordable brake upgrade kits for every vehicle on the road today. Whether you're towing, whether you're doing off-roading, track days including brand new vehicles like our Toyota GR86. Take care of your brakes by heading to PowerStop.com. You can enter your vehicle's information in their easy-to-use brake finder, and that matches you with the right brake upgrade kit for your vehicle. Oh, the questions. You guys are awesome. You really responded to seeing that Kona in ask lots of questions. I'm going to jump here to Twitter where Akam is writing to us from Germany. Thank you, man. He says, uh, here's his question. 90s Japanese cars. He says the, the Mark IV Supra is now ridiculous in cost. The 300ZX is going up. The RX-7 is a potential reliability nightmare. Is the 3000 GT the last remaining attainable 90s fun car? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, there's MR2s out there. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. S2000s out there. That's true. That's I mean, true. Th- those are both very good. You could chase things like the Integras and that kind of thing. I mean, of... of the ones that were in direct competition, those big four, Supra, 300ZX, RX-7, 3000GT, yes, the 3000GT is the unloved or more affordable one of those four, but the 90s in general were great for Japanese cars. Yeah, There's a yeah. lot of good ones out there, and I, I, I jumped to the MR2 right away. That's a great one. Jorge says, Dodge's recent car reveals got him thinking. What are the best and worst car marketing terms? Oh, no. Well, if you pull open a browser here and go to Volkswagen.com. Oh, no. Navigate over to Taos. And the marketing (laughs) says its streamlined styling and sharp features of Taos was made to be a joy to drive and a joy to look at. You might even brag about the photo-worthy looks that deliver an excitement that's hard to hide everywhere you go. Is that contrived or is that contrived? <laughs> Somebody was really proud of themselves when they wrote that, though. And then they were even more proud when they got it approved. Because not only was that uh, written, that was approved. That was And approved. is now put out there for the public to see. It's, it's that disconnect we see every now and then where the press materials suggest the person writing them has never even sat in this car, let alone driven it. We've had those before. I'm reading along and I'm going, have you been in this car? Imagine this text. As applied to a Lamborghini Huracan Evo. Let me read it again. Think Lamborghini in your mind. Okay. With its streamlined styling and sharp features, the Huracan Evo was made to be a joy to drive and a joy to look at. 
You might even brag about the photo-worthy looks that deliver an excitement that's hard to hide everywhere you go. You build a YouTube channel around that. That works well. That's great. Well done. You have found... We've got a mismatch here. You know those things you do as a kid where it gives you a word on one side, an explanation on the other, and you have to draw the lines yes. to connect the lists? They connected the yes. lists wrong. They're not marketing terms, but it's, it's the marketing briefs. Oh, yeah. And when we find a marketing brief that exactly matches its car, and that's happened before. It does exist. Yeah. And there's some marketing briefs that are sort of like, eh, here's our car. It's sweet. We know it's sweet. You're going to want it. We don't have to do much because uh-huh. we know it's freaking sweet. Here you go. Then there's other marketing blurb and blather that is sort of like this. And you're like, wait, but the photos of the Taos, I was... I was reading that thinking Lamborghini and the photos still of the Taos. And people are smiling like it's, like, like it's a Lamborghini. It's not. That's awesome. <laughs> TJ's writing in on Instagram. He says, uh, research suggests that PHEVs, so partial electric vehicles, okay, um, he, that they're going to go away and they're going to all be replaced by EVs. But he's looking at his life and he's saying a PHEV where I can plug it in and do some electric miles, but it also is a gas car. Okay. And there's lots of these. We have a Jeep Cherokee coming up like this. The four by E system is that we we've driven a BMW like this. There are Volvos and, and Cayennes and on and on and on and on. Tons of manufacturers have made one of these. He said that fits my commute perfectly because it allows me to take long weekend trips without worrying about charging, but then I can commute on the electric only. His question is, should he not buy one? Because he should he be concerned with the potential resale value of that car if electrics are going to start to dominate? TJ, I'm going to say to you the same thing we say, electric or non. Do not buy your car based on the potential resale value. Oh, yeah, right. If you were buying it as an investment, it's a slightly different conversation. But you're buying the car you need that fits your life. Full stop. Done. There will be somebody that will buy that car in five to ten years. Yes, Let, let's just say for sake of argument, it drops more than you wished it would have. But honestly, I don't think the electric is going to hang on to their value very well either because they're going to be like phones. They're going to be disposable. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that, that resale value is a concern here. If, if the uh, partial electric vehicle works for your life, buy one for your life. You're talking five to ten years from now when you might get rid of it. Get one of those now and use it and enjoy it. Travels with George J says, given the name of our brand is Everyday Driver, mm. would we ever consider owning a Concours level car like a Mercedes Gullwing or a Porsche 356? Mm. Yes, I would. <laughs> but I would like to, once and for all, detach value from the name. Mm, that's good. And I understand that it's a, a very easy way of saying the car that's just the beater, the one that you don't care yeah, much yeah. about. It's the one that wasn't too expensive. That's the everyday thing. But the show, again, was founded on why, why can't it be special every day? Mm-hmm. And we always say, well, if you drive some sort of cool Ferrari every day, guess what? That is your everyday driver. If you're Absolutely, yes. driving a McLaren 720 every day, guess what? Mm-hmm. So if you detach value from that... Not that we want to go into snooty land and just say, I only buy GT3 version 911s and I don't know anything about other 911s whatsoever. As of right now, we're just a car about exotics. You know what I mean? <laughs> only the GT class Porsches and only cars that cost 250000 or above. This is the, this is the right. watershed moment. 15 years of the others, now it's all exotics all the time. Just think it's, yeah. that's not us. That's mm. not even close to how we think. Yeah. But getting a good value, you know, didn't pay as much and the perception is that you did. Mm. That's when it's so satisfying. You just yeah. think, I bought well. I, yeah. 
ah, yeah, that's what, what I like. But you still have to drive it. It still mm-hmm. can't be, yes, I finally got a Gullwing. 300 SL, they're amazing. They were fast for their yeah, time. Yeah. They're fast now. They're beautiful. I can't park it and not drive it. It has to be driven. Yeah, that is so key to the brand. It's the, it's enjoying the car you're in every day. And yes, we want it to be relatable because we don't always have crazy Pebble Beach money and that we want to make it relatable in that regard. But that doesn't mean we don't drive exotics or don't like exotics or wouldn't own exotics. Mm-hmm. I would like to check all of those boxes Absolutely. all the time. The but I would drive it there. like crazy. Yes, I, I think that's the difference. And that mm. is exotics that would sit. And there's many people that have exotics and they drive them and we applaud that and it's awesome and it proliferates car culture. You see them out there and it gets people excited. Kids see them and go, wow, cars yeah, are yeah. awesome. And that's what happened to all of us listening, right? Yeah, you saw right. some car and it made a gigantic impression on you because you saw it out driving and went, what is that spaceship? Yes. Cars can look like that and yes. sound like that. Where do I sign up? Oh, I have to get a job? <laughs> oh, I, I can do that. Okay. <laughs> Along those lines is this question from Jordan writing in and saying he's feeling imposter syndrome. He's gotten to a place where he could buy something nice. He, he wants to own a prestigious car brand, but okay, maybe he could buy an old Porsche or Mercedes or Jaguar, but when he finds himself looking at a car in his actual price range mm. that is one of those brands, he goes, that's a, little, that's a little too good for me, isn't it? I mean, I'm just a guy with a job, and should I get that car? Jo- Jordan... Stop, 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 stop. This car's for you. If you can afford it. I knew somebody in Los Angeles. This is years ago. My wife and I were just married. She lived in a terrible apartment. She drove a loaded six-figure price S-Class. I remember that. Because her perception and where she went every day to her job and her clients and that kind of stuff, the Mercedes was key. She came back to a little tiny apartment Mm. in a very average building. Mm. Okay, but the Mercedes sold it. I understand that that can be the way you buy a car, but we uh, you were talking about disconnecting from price earlier. Disconnect from perception. Do you like the car, Jordan? Do you want to have a Jaguar F-Type and you could afford one? Then get an F-Type. Do you want to have a 911 or a Boxster? Go have that life experience mm-hmm. because what you're talking about here is somebody else's perception of what that says about you stops you from doing it. Right, and right. Look, you're not doing anything illegal or harming to anybody else or anything like that. You want to own a Porsche or a Mercedes? Go try them. Here's the thing. I would much rather you went and bought one of those and decided, you know what? This isn't for me. Then you looked sure. at them from a distance and went, yeah, I, I, I don't deserve that. If you can afford it, go buy it. Go experience it. Yeah. And, and, and also, yeah. don't think you have to buy it and become the person you think drives that car. Just put Jordan in a Porsche Boxster. <laughs> right. What does Jordan think? <laughs> Okay, it's good. Wear, wear your same clothes, same closet, climb in the box or drive it, enjoy it. Do you like it? <laughs> you good. may decide it's not you, but it's for you, buddy. So if you can afford it, why not? Revs Up asks, what classic British roadster would we make part of our livery, mm. our garage? I mean, if the dependability mm. was as good as any modern sports car. Mm, I got one. Examples are Miata and GR86 for, for the modernity. Yes. Yeah. Go. Uh, Lotus Elan. Lotus Elan. I have never heard. Here's the thing. Out of anybody I've ever talked to that has owned one, huh. I have heard the exact same two things. One of the most brilliant things they've ever driven, when it runs. Okay. I so have never heard to... anybody on either hmm. side of that equation just state one. You never hear anybody with a I've never met them, ever. And I've always talked to Elan owners because I think they're fascinating. And <laughs> it was the basis for the original Miata. You never hear them be like, yeah, 
runs all the time. It's the best thing I've ever driven. Never hear that story without the never runs. You also never hear the, well, I keep it around and it's terrible and wildly unreliable. Full stop. It's because it is amazing when it does run. Hmm. If an Elan just ran, sign me up. That's interesting. Well, it was Chance that has told us the story about a show he went to a few years ago, and it was in Salt Lake. It was a, a stance show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he I was exhibiting this. a car, a different car. <laughs> yeah. But there was a car limbo going on, and the winner was a Lotus Elan stock, uh, completely Europa. stock. Europa. I thought it was an Elan. I think it was the Europa with the slant back, but either way, it was the Still, fact that they just drove it up stock. It, it wasn't, you know, a slam, nope. Subarus, something on bags. Wait, nope, <laughs> just stock. <laughs> Tiny. I think I'd go for Aston Martin. I've always liked the old Astons. Sure. They're really sensual, sure. beautiful. Yeah. They're super expensive. I can't afford them, but I, I would drive that yeah. car. But I do like that that's why the rest of mods exist, even at the lowest level. I like that they exist. Porsche 356s are blindingly expensive, but if I had a Beck or you know, some other cool, mm. yeah. I don't know, I'd, I'd yeah. love it. Clayton is asking a question that quickly gets into politics. I'm going to see if I can answer the question and duck it. He said, have we seen the commercials where, P- where somebody running for office wants to ban Tesla's autopilot? What do we think? They're showing near misses and that kind of thing. What, what, what do we think about this? A couple things going on here at once, Clayton. First off, I think everybody that runs for office has to have their issue. This is my issue. I'm they going do. to chase this. And this person running for office has decided that the issue – they must solve as Tesla's autopilot not doing what the name says on the tin. I don't know that that's worth running for office over. I mean, I agree it's a problem, I, and, and we have this. I think it's fascinating that the price of it has still gone up again. It has, yes. It's now $15,000. By the way, it started at five, then it was 10 for a while, then it was 12. Now it's $15,000 for a system that continues to be buggy and to have problems and full self-driving autopilot does none of the words I just listed. Okay? <laughs> yes. It doesn't do it, – it, it, it approximates all of that thinking if you look yes. at it with kind of like starry-eyed. But it doesn't actually do any of those things fully, which is fascinating. And uh, people continue – people that are – there was, it was a guy in the news this week, actually, that is a huge Tesla acolyte. Mm. And he ran a tally – of how much he spent on Tesla full self-driving, and it was over $30,000. What do you mean spent on? Between buying it in the car and paying the subscription fees. Oh. And it was over oh. $30,000 worth of his money. And he's a guy that like does videos about how great port, uh, Tesla's really? are. Okay? I didn't see he this. He spent over $30,000, and when he pointed out that the latest version has some issues, Elon Musk told him to stop talking about it, and he said, okay, I will. What? That yeah. happened? Uh, yeah, I read it a couple places. Let's have it do what it says, but I also don't know that this is worth running for office over. Well, cars aside, there are many products that don't quite do what they say. Yes, true. That's why we have marketing blurbs. (laughs) Yes, I I know where you're you're circling back. You're doing a good job. Yeah, I closed that tab long ago. Kevin Roca says, Todd keeps referencing how the movie Cars from Pixar was able to capture the joy of driving. Porsche released a 911 inspired by Sally from Cars. Yes, it was $3.6 million. So far, the most expensive 911. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Okay. Are we going to see other car companies release cars featured in famous films? I think it's going to be few and far between because that was pretty special. It was a, a cartoon yeah. version yeah. that 
is connected to the through line, of course. But, you know, most cars in films, they're just driven, unless I suppose AMC is going to come back and release a Mad Max line of something. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd buy that. It sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> if I could afford it. Sure. Why not? You know, yes. But yeah. most of the time, you know, sheesh, Ronan was on TV the other night. Yeah. 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 My favorite film, the car chases. If you haven't seen Ronan with Jean Reno and Robert De Niro. Yeah, it's good. Freaking awesome. It is great. The car chase. There's like two or three of them in there. They're unbelievable. They're still unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. They're One of my favorite films very ever. Very practical too. Really I done. Love the cars. There was a BMW M5 used, and it it flipped <laughs> upside down and you know crashed. And there was an old brown Mercedes diesel that they used. And is that where the the auto journalist love comes from? The brown Mercedes I diesel guess. in Ronan is this the the origin story of that? Well, Robert De Niro shot a rocket out of the sunroof, I think, oh, at why the not? other chasing cars. I remember that. There's the John Reno was driving in that. They made that brown Mercedes look amazing. <laughs> well, there's the A8 that gets just the beat A8, within a life in that. That yeah. was an S8, by the oh, way. Oh, you're right. It was the S8. You're and right. That thing was hooned. That, great. Oh, that's such a great movie. If you, have, if you haven't seen Ronan, it's old now, but yeah. it stands the test of time from a car chase scene. But, of course, all those cars just existed, and that's mm-hmm. most realistic films that just use yeah. the cars. Michael Bay's films, they're just used and crashed or whatever, and... Yeah. yeah, this I think was kind of a special thing. I mean, you rarely have cars anymore where the car is a character. And this was the mm-hmm. most extreme example, obviously. The, the Sally car was an extreme example of cars a character. Back to the Future. But Back to the Future. Is, the 80s was a big time for this. Yeah. The, the A-Team van. The, <laughs> yeah. the General Lee. I mean, these kind of cars where the car was a character, you could theoretically see a manufacturer releasing a special version of those. But in most of those cases, the difference is the Sally Porsche is unique because since it's an animated 911, they can use any 911 they want. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, well, it has to be a 964. I mean, it was really based on the 996. But anyway, it has to be a certain one. Yeah. Yeah. The, by the way, Dodge isn't selling the General Lee-style Charger anymore. And uh, nope. GMC is no longer selling an A-Team-style van. And DeLorean ceases to exist. So we have reasons. Well, that they kind of came back, yeah, but that's not yeah, anyway. DeLorean. That doesn't so, like DeLorean. so that's, that's the difficulty is that often these cars, what happens is productions are buying them when they're cheap because they're going to crash them. And then they become icons. <laughs> it's this weird cyclical thing. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we do have to note that this car sold for $3.6 million for purposes of charity. Yes. And even though it was part of it, I, I love that Porsche donated the car, built it, and it's a one-off. Yeah. And whoever ended up buying it, it's it, the money all goes to charity, which is a fantastic thing. So that's why you see on various auctions, you'll see these super expensive first editions of things, and yeah. it's all going to a, a good charity. F.F. Frazier asks, sure. when we think EVs will be affordable for the common man, it's a tough one. Depends on so many things. I mean, they kind of are now, but you got to go back. They're not new. you got to go back 10 years or more. You go to the early ones. Cheaper ones. Yeah. But even then, you don't want that kind of old technology, and that's just it. When you buy an EV, you want the latest, greatest technology, but they're yeah. expensive still. Yeah. And it, it depends on battery manufacture. It depends on just general pricing of the market, what the market will bear, all those kinds of things. And it's tough to say. I mean, we still don't have a $25,000 EV, really. I mean, we got Bolt and Leaf and the what Bolt am I forgetting? is almost there. They're, they're, so they're in good. that era. They're yeah. in that area of the 30s. And, and so that gets it almost affordable. 
But also the other question is, how affordable are we talking about? We're talking about the common man. Do we want a $15,000 EV? Are we hoping somebody's going to sell one of those new? Because I doubt it. If they're thirty grand and they had 300 miles of range, they'd sell like hotcakes. Probably. But the business model, I mean, you're talking to the, the business people at that point. Can they make that happen? Mm-hmm. Can they make a business that, uh, that will California will is that? Signing, uh, signing a rule to try to, to force the issue to get to uh, only – Electric cars being sold by 2035. There's been some questions about that. Uh, it's ongoing. I think still, we're back to politics. I st- think still this is a political post in the sand and going. Mm-hmm. And it may mm-hmm. affect the market in general because California has typically been like car, carb and that kind of stuff. They've been a leader. But I also think between now and when 2035 comes up, somebody could change this and not get press about it. I think things will change. It's good to have goals, right? Yes, for good sure. Good to set goals, to work towards absolutely. goals. Absolutely. The, the reality of all yes. of those cars becoming that common and that affordable, I think, has unknown bumps in the road yet that just haven't been solved. Thanks for all your questions. We really appreciate you writing to us. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com to send your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all your car debates. And then the social media questions are fun too. We love diving through all of these. We haven't gotten to all of these, but uh, keep writing. We really appreciate it. It's and, great. And uh, hope to answer everything. I love seeing them. They're so cool. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone.